Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. Yes, indeed. The Weekend Report is on your radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Tony Colombo in studio this week with producer Frank Ladd. And my partner Chris Arps is out and about somewhere in this crazy world enjoying a little vacation. But we are going to be checking in with Chris later on in the show. At the uh, Actually, about an hour from now, at the beginning of hour number two, Chris is going to be calling in. And we have an exciting show today, packed full of guests here in just a minute. Uh, because Chris is out, our friend Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller has been nice enough to sit in for most of this first hour with me. So we'll talk to Virginia here in just a second. Uh, also, in that second hour, when we have Chris on the line, we will play a brand new edition of the Weird News Challenge with Chris Arps and Frank and Skip Weber. And also, about an hour from now, at the very beginning of the 6 o'clock hour, Chris and I are going to talk to the former acting Attorney General of the United States, Matthew Whitaker. The uh, man that William Barr took over for is going to be joining us on the show. So that is going to be a very exciting uh, conversation. Uh, uh, The former uh, Attorney General has been in the news a lot lately, commenting on some of the big stories of the day, especially the Michael Flynn situation. So it's going to be a very um, insightful conversation that Chris and I hopefully will have with the former acting AG, Matthew Whitaker, coming up about an hour from now. Also, a little bit later on this hour, we will talk to America's favorite liberal, Keith Antone. It's always exciting to talk to and argue with Keith Antone, so you definitely don't want to miss that. We have an absolutely packed show. If you do miss any of it, don't forget about the Radio.com app. It's an absolutely free app that you can download to your phone or tablet or whatever device. And once you have it, you basically have one-stop shopping for the whole radio station. All you have to do is favorite 97.1 FM Talk on the Radio.com app. Then you can stream the station 24-7. You can utilize the Radio Rewind feature, which is like your DVR for your television at home gives you the opportunity to rewind live radio and you can download the podcast of this and every other show on the station you get our podcast many places just about anywhere you get a podcast you can find our show's podcast however the radio.com app i think is the best
best of the best when it comes to keeping up with this show and everything happening here at the radio station. So, got a packed show lined up. Let's dive right in right now. As I mentioned, joining us for most of this first hour is our friend Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller. Virginia, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. I'm outside right now. It's gorgeous. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Finally, some weather uh, uh, turning around. I was, we, and we can talk about this a little bit if you want to. It, it's funny because last week on the show, we were jokingly talking about how I was about to head to the Lake of the Ozarks. And I spent part of last weekend at the Lake of the Ozarks. Un, <laughs> and, un, and, I, and everybody said, well, what's it going to be like? You know, we were just joking on the show because none of, nothing had happened. All the news hadn't broke yet. So we were just jokingly saying, oh, I wonder what it's going to be like down there. I bet it's going to be crazy. And I, oh, yeah, I'll have all the details next week. And then sure enough. It was national friggin' news, the Lake of the Ozarks. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, and, you know, somebody, there, there were people talking about that, saying, how could they do this? Everybody's going to die of coronavirus now. Like, they know better. We What have we been telling them all these weeks? And, you know, was this lockdown for nothing because they're going to go out and do this? And I'm like, okay, the problem isn't that there was a lockdown or that it was lifted. The problem is that it persisted too long and nobody gave consistent information. So you have 15 days to sl- slow the spread. Just kidding. We're talking about 30. Okay, now we're going to go into six weeks. How about two months? And once you pass that point, and you, it, it's like the analogy they gave, I think, on Barstool Sports a while ago. Like, if you tell people this flight is going to be six hours long, people are going to be like, man, a six-hour flight, that sucks, but whatever, I'll deal with it because it's going to get me where I want to go. Well, at 5.5 hours, you don't come under the la- over the loudspeaker and go, sorry, guys, it's going to be another 10 hours in the air. We're just circling our destination because we don't have a place to land yet. You can't do that to people. You can't make it indefinite. And the fact that they kept doing that, well, no wonder as soon as yeah. they let the cuffs off, everybody went nuts. Right. Yeah, it was, it was, it was worse than indefinite because they're, they kept putting a finish line, like you, like you said. Yeah. They kept They kept – telling us the date and then extending the date. Yeah, you you move the goalposts one time too many and people are just going to blow through it. And uh, we've had it, you know, everywhere in the country has been dealing with this pandemic and this lockdown, but you are over there in Illinois and dealing with it even uh, at a more severe level than than many other areas of the country including us here in Missouri what is the current what's the current situation over there and where's the when's the reopening process what's what what's the what are they telling you now in Illinois well the only i and i'll i'll tell you this cuz it impacts me directly and it's one of the things that has bothered me the most about this whole thing and i realize this is a little bit of selfishness and i'm just going to indulge myself for a minute but I was most upset when my gym closed because, and this isn't because I'm a gym rat or anything like that, but I did go every day because my gym has an indoor pool and I was swimming about a mile a day because uh, you you guys know this. I haven't talked about it on air a lot, but I've been, I was in a car accident a little over a year ago and I have a fracture in my lower back. And so swimming is one of the low impact things that I can do that actually takes the pressure off my back and it gives me a little exercise. So 
I couldn't do that. All of a sudden, my gym shut down. I can't do that. And I'm in a lot more pain than I normally am. And I can't really go out and walk very much because Illinois is pretty much just, uh, stay home, guys. It's cool. You'll be fine. Stay home. Save lives. Whatever. But so my gym is not opening until June 27th. So that that was like like four months that it's been closed down. And what's really interesting is that if you look at the recent statistics, the places that have reopened on like in Missouri, a lot of places opened May 4th. A lot of other states opened earlier. Georgia, um, uh, South Dakota never locked down at all. You know, I mean, they had restrictions in place and, you know, social distancing guidelines and and, you know, store by store policies for, you know, masks and whatnot. But those states that have reopened, and it's now been two, almost three weeks since they reopened, are not showing increases in cases. Not right. measurable, anyway. They're not showing increases in cases. They're not showing increases in hospitalization. They're, and you know who is going up? The places that are still locked down. Hmm. Yeah. Because Illinois still has, I mean, well, I, I say Illinois. And I, I'm doing the same thing that the media does to us. I mean Chicago. I do not mean Illinois. Right. Because Chicago is the only place that has had a problem. If you look at the rest of Illinois, the, the number of cases outside of nursing homes is negligible. I mean, St. Cl- uh, not St. Clair County, uh, Madison County, which voted to reopen, yeah, they had around 30 COVID-related deaths, and 24 of them were in nursing homes. So I wanted to actually— And not just nursing homes, but— Two nursing homes. Right. I, I wanted to ask you about that because th- that also made big news. Madison County voted right. overwhelmingly to reopen. Oh, it yeah. wasn't like close. It was overwhelming message from it the— It was like, what, 27 to 2 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, from the leaders and from the citizens in Madison County. We also saw um, the mayor of Grafton, Illinois, right. sending a letter, I, which I thought was a very— if you got a chance to read that letter, I thought it was a oh, I extremely well, yeah, well written letter. <laughs> I interviewed him for the Daily Caller. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, yeah. and, and his points that he made uh, about right. why it, he and and the the citizens there in Grafton thought it was time to reopen. So you got all of these citizens in your state. If you're JB yeah. Pritzker, all these citizens, um, you know pleading with you to uh, allow them to go back to work and and open back up. And what has been, what's been the governor's uh, response to that, uh, to that request from his citizens? The first thing he did was threaten to um, threaten to jail business owners who opened up against his orders. He did not walk back any of his orders, but he, he did threaten to jail. um, He threatened to, um, he was actually going forward with legislation, making it a criminal offense to reopen gonna, a business. He was going to pull business licenses, right? If he could, if they were well, state licenses. business license, that, that's a civil that's a civil matter, and he can do that. Yeah, like under under um, and and I'm not saying it's right, but but under emergency powers, he can do that. Right. Um, but what he was threatening, in addition to this, when once the um, once the municipalities started to vote to open up. He threatened to make it criminal for them to do so. And that's what forced a lot of um, because you saw Madison County voted to reopen. But then the individual municipalities within Madison County, including Collinsville, which is where I live, um, sent out recommendations to business owners 
follow the state guidelines or we can't protect you, basically. Right. So even though the county that voted that was a reopen, sign? it didn't do any good because you, the municipality just backed down. Yeah, I was, I was just going to ask that. Do you think that that was a sign of the leadership in the specific municipalities like Collinsville that said, hey, I know the county said this, but we don't agree? Do you think that was a sign of of the, of the leadership agreeing with J.B. Pritzker and thinking that this is moving too fast and we need to stay closed? Or do you think that was just fear? No, I think I 100 percent. I think it's fear. And the reason I say that is because I live in a district in Illinois that's represented by a Democrat, Katie Stewart, and several Illinois legislators sent a letter to J.B. Pritzker, a strongly worded letter saying you are letting this persist too long. Let our municipality speak for themselves. We're not all Chicago, primarily coming from southern Illinois, because we don't have a lot of cases in this area. Um, and Katie Stewart signed off on that letter. She was one of several Democrats that did. So they know what their districts want. They know what their cities want. And they are terrified that Pritzker can run over them. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's kind of what I thought. I, I I thought it was more of a of a fear situation than it was a, an agreement with the governor. So um, we got to take a break here in a, in a minute. And when we get back, I want to run through some of the big headlines that we have seen both locally and nationally sure. uh, as we continue this discussion with Virginia Cruda. But uh, just to to put a bow on this uh, discussion about Illinois, what is the current? timeline uh over there when when does the phase one reopen you said your gym doesn't open until the end of june essentially phase one is already underway but phase one really wasn't anything special basically they said a few of the stores that weren't allowed to be open are now allowed they weren't allowed to be open at all are now allowed to do curbside so like if you want to order clothes from Kohl's, right which is you know, you can you can now order it, and then when they tell you that the order's ready, you can drive up and somebody will run it out to your car. Right. You can do that. So phase like that, one that, over here meant restaurants could open back up with limitations. Oh no, 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 no. When does there's that happen no, um, in Illinois? I, you know, I don't even know. I don't know <laughs> if there's even a timeline like a date, in place yeah. on, on in-person bars and restaurants. I know that my kid's dojo is not allowed to reopen even for classes with fewer than 10 kids. Um, you know, they're, they're not allowed to reopen yet. I'm not sure what the timeline is on that. Um, I, I am so thankful though, that their instructors have opted to do zoom classes. So they're able to keep their training up, Oh, that's cool. which is really nice, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's crazy over here. And there's, there's still no guidance as, as far as schools. We don't know if the schools are going to be open in the fall. Um, my girls who would be doing summer running for cross country in the fall, they're not allowed to do that, and that's outdoor, and usually only, like, five kids show up. They're not even right. allowed to do that. Hmm. So, All right, yeah. well, let's take a quick break right here. We are talking to Virginia Caruda from The Daily Caller, and we've got a lot of headlines, a lot of stories, a very busy week in the news that I want to get Virginia's thoughts on. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Frank Ladd. And we are continuing our discussion with Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller. My uh, co-host, Chris Arps, is on vacation, but he's actually going to be calling into the show here a little bit later at the beginning of the 6 o'clock hour. And Chris and I are going to talk to the former acting attorney general of the United States, Matthew Whitaker, Uh, So definitely stick around for that. Also coming up a little bit later this hour, we're going to talk to the man that I call America's favorite liberal, Keith Antone. Um, And I'm sure we will have some uh, spirited discussion with Keith in in just a few minutes. But first, I wanted to get to a lot of the stories of the week. We had a busy busy news week here, not only locally, but uh, nationally. And while we had Virginia Cruda on the line, I wanted to continue uh, this discussion and get into some of these uh, some of these issues. Uh, Virginia, before we do that, talk about, uh, remind folks, what are your latest articles on The Daily Caller and how can people go and read them? Okay, well, um, you can go to dailycaller.com and I've got a few, I've been covering Kaylee McEnany lately, the uh, new White oh. House press secretary. Yeah. And she's a pistol, I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, <laughs> She doesn't back down. If you want to see some entertainment, um, and she doesn't – one of the things I think that has been most enjoyable about her is her ability to politely turn press conferences upside down. Um, I think it was a week ago Friday that she said um, (laughs) they they were asking questions about – unmasking and why the president was fixated on them and she's like well wait a minute why didn't you ask these questions and she turned around and she gave him a slideshow of all the questions they should have been asking and she did such a <laughs> thorough job of it that chris wallace yelled at her on sunday morning you know what that's so, interesting i I'm, i want to i want to read those articles uh that you have written uh, about her because she has been entertaining and yeah. she has been sharp, like out of the gate. She right. was, it seemed like she has done, like, she didn't look like a rookie. She didn't, I remember watching her first press conference. It very much looked like she'd been there before. Like she didn't. Well, she, no, you know what, you know what her previous job was, though? She was a spokesperson for the Trump, Trump campaign. Right, so, right. She's but that's used still to different. Fielding questions. Yeah, but not. But that's still different than the rapid fire right. questions that you get in the in the daily press briefings. And you know, you can be right. prepared for. You know, you can have experience with the press, but that is still, in my opinion, you know, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like the White House press briefings, especially now with a hostile press that is just out to get you. And I can I can imagine. That when there's a uh, when there's a rookie up there that they think oh they yeah. smell blood in the water and they think they can just tear her up and she she's handled herself her herself great well I and think. you know what what was what really stood out and I wrote about this uh, a couple of days ago on um, during uh, during the press briefing either Wednesday or Thursday I think it was 
I think it was Thursday. Uh, I've lose track of days. I'm sorry. No. Uh, Tell me about <laughs> but, it. Um, so it was it was right after the U.S. had surpassed the 100,000 mark of um, uh, coronavirus deaths, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so <laughs> Jim Acosta, um, of course, you had to know this was going there. Uh, Jim Acosta mm-hmm. says, well, around 6 o'clock last night, you know, we passed this milestone, 100,000 deaths, deaths from coronavirus, and uh, President Trump didn't get around to tweeting about it until the day after. Like, why did it take 13 hours for him? And I'm like, well, why did it take Barack Obama to set, take 13 hours to send somebody into Benghazi? Let's ask real questions, guys. Like, why did it take 13 hours to tweet something? Who cares? Yesterday you were mad at him because he did tweet something. Now you're mad because he didn't? Yeah, and and let's go there about Twitter. Obviously, one of the biggest stories of yeah. the week with the president and Twitter and Twitter slaps this fact check um, uh, tweet on one of the president's tweets, something that's that's new. Um, I'm sure you uh, know the background of the uh, of Twitter's. I, I got to look it up. The, the title of this guy, the head of site integrity. Um, who's, yeah. in, who's in charge of of putting these fact check tweets on people? His name is Yoel Roth. He is Twitter's head of site integrity, and he has a long history of partisanship. Oh yeah, he he referred to the president as a tangerine, and he yeah. said something about uh, he said the Midwest the White is, House is full of actual Nazis. Yeah. And, the like, Midwest, like, everybody in the Midwest is racist. He, one of his tweets right. was, we fly over, I'm just saying, we fly over those states that voted for a racist tangerine for a reason. So not only right. is the president a racist tangerine, but so are all the people in the Midwest, like us, exactly. who he flies over. Um, so, it, look, you, Noel, Yoel Roth can have all of those opinions. I have, He's entitled right. to all of those I opinions, agree. and he's entitled to all those tweets, but... When he's made the head of site integrity and he's the one making the decisions on who to put right. fact checks on, um, maybe he's not the right guy for the job, which I would say the well, same thing about somebody like Sean Hannity. He would not be the right guy to be anybody, any company's uh, head of site integrity who, who has to decide uh, what what side gets fact checked, whether, you know, whether it's the uh, conservatives or the liberals. When you have right. when you have a hard lean to one side that you are that you cannot obviously this guy can't help himself he you know he doesn't have that opinion and keep it to himself and separate it from his job he he ties the two together and you you can't well, do that here's the thing you can't you can't say that he's necessarily tying the two together but the evidence suggests that he is yeah i'm it's saying it's kind of like the the struck page text there's right. no way to actually prove right. that their decisions were based on their bias, but man, does it look bad? Yeah, you know, it's the same. It's the same thing. So, I like I, you know, I, I have an issue with Twitter policing tweets. Anybody at Twitter, even if somebody who does not have a Twitter account, does not have a political opinion, is the one doing it. I have a problem with it because human error is human error, and you're going to have. You know, either you're a platform that allows free speech and only removes what's actually damaging. Mm-hmm. Like if you can prove somebody's actually inciting violence. For example, uh, Kathy Griffin 
um, saying that we could solve a lot of problems with a syringe full of air given to Donald Trump. Yeah. That's a literal death threat. And when someone called her on it, she said, F yes, I meant it. Right. So now I, w- I will say this. Like that, I will say this. that yeah. I, As much as I don't like Twitter um, seemingly arbitrarily deciding or or deciding on on the basis of their own political beliefs, yeah. you know, who to fact check. I also don't like. What the president did this week with his executive order, because I have to believe that if Twitter was fact checking Barack Obama and Joe Biden, that President Trump wouldn't think that there's a problem with that and wouldn't be writing an executive order uh, because he thinks that they're overstepping their bounds. Even if Twitter was fact checking more than one person, because it wasn't until after the the uh, Trump administration raised the point that they even bothered to ch- fact check the Chinese propagandists who were blaming COVID on American military. Right, right, right. So, like, it took them, you know, a month and a half to do that, yeah. but it took them fifteen seconds to get Trump. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, still, this I, I is mean, a perfect and example. And my people. my opinion is, though, this is still a perfect example of two wrongs don't make a right. I don't like what the president did no. with his executive order. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on uh, the president's executive order and his reaction to all this? Well, I don't I don't like limits on free speech at all, mm-hmm. um, and I think that Twitter opens a can of worms and. Um, what is the uh, um, if if Trump fully believes that you know organizations like Twitter that attack him or fact check him or whatever, if he really believes that they're the enemy of the people or the enemy of him or whatever, however he wants to phrase it, um, there's an old old saying I believe comes from the Art of War by uh, Sun Tzu: you never interrupt your enemy when he's committing suicide. Twitter is is definitely walking that line because there are going to be people who can't stand president trump who recognize hey if you're fact checking him you probably ought to fact check xyz um and if you're going to put position yourself as the arbiter of truth then you got a lot of explaining to do you know because there's a lot of stuff out there that's not being policed so you know, which is it? Are you going to fact check or are you not going to fact check? But you can't just pick one person to fact check. Right. And so there are going to be people who recognize that, even people who disagree with the president or can't stand him, kind of like the people who couldn't stand Trump, who are like, but it's wrong to do this to Brett Kavanaugh. You know, there are there are people who who are pushed by the unfair treatment and the uh, who might not have otherwise had an opinion. So I think that Trump made a mistake. By not simply allowing Twitter to stew in the mess it made. Now Trump has become part of the mess and has created a bigger problem, I think, than than there originally was. So that that would be that would be my take on the whole thing that, that yeah. he probably should have stayed out of it because uh, Twitter was Twitter made a mistake and they were going to have to own it and let him do it, yeah. force him to do it. By all means, call out Twitter and say, hey, if you're fact-checking this, why aren't you fact-checking that? That was the right move. 
Got a couple going m- to regulate them was not. Yeah. Got a couple minutes left with Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller, and I want to get your thoughts on this, and I'm going to also ask Keith Antone in the next segment uh, uh, this same question, and my guess is you're going to have very different answers. Um, Joe Biden, of course, uh, you know, made some news last week in his interview with uh, Charlemagne. Right. Uh, with his, I, and I'm not going to address the 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 you know you, you're not black situation, but right. But the the larger point that Charlemagne Charlemagne was making in that interview was uh, Charlemagne made the point to Joe Biden that uh, there's a a large section of black voters. This is Charlemagne's opinion. There's a, that there's a large uh, group of black voters in the United States that feel that Joe Biden owes them a black female vice president because it was the black vote that, again, in Charlemagne's words, saved Joe Biden in the primaries this year. And he's probably right about at least that second part of it. Uh, We saw that we saw that thought process continuing. Uh, There was an op ed recently run in The Washington Post written by a group of black Democratic strategists warning Biden that if he didn't select a woman of color, he would only alienate black voters. Uh, What do you think about the uh, situation? Uh, You know, we we saw the. Biden uh, campaign recently say that they are vetting Amy Klobuchar. A lot of uh, black voters, a lot of uh, uh, black folks on the left spoke out against Amy Klobuchar, saying that she's not the right pick. Who do you think the campaign is going to ultimately select for vice president and who in that group is the right selection for Joe Biden? Okay, well, first, let me, there's a lot to unpack in that, but first, first let me say this. Um, Charlemagne the God is not the first person to say this, that, that he owes the black community a black uh, female yeah, vice no, president. No, many Tony have said has been saying this on The View yeah, for, great point. Yes. gosh, months, because she, she basically said the same thing. Well, she said a couple things. First, that they delivered the vote for him in South Carolina, which is probably true. Um, Jim Clyburn specifically, who said, who called um, Biden's recent comments, uh, you know, I cringed, but, you know, I'm going to move on because we have to compare Biden to the alternative and not the almighty, which, you know, I, I understand that point and, and all that, but it still doesn't make it better what he said. But so Sonny Hostin has been saying for months that he needs to do this, that he owes them. And she even said that because coronavirus more drastically impacts the black community than everybody else, um, that they really owe the black community because they're going to be the ones who have to risk their lives right. to go to the polling place because exposure to coronavirus, et cetera, et cetera. So, but who's the candidate? Not, who's the right candidate? That um, you know well, what I mean? Here's the yeah the the it's really going to be interesting. Val Demings from Florida is. Yes. Uh, her name is popping up more um, because she's a former sheriff and she's really addressing what's going on in Minnesota right now um, with the death of George Floyd. And she's she's really being vocal about this. She was already kind of on the short list. She was one of the impeachment managers in the House. Um, so she's kind of been around a while. Um, but the other options, I think she's going to be I think she's here. the. I think Val Dennings is the is the right pick for them. I think that they are afraid yeah. of her because they think that she doesn't have the name recognition. She doesn't have the oomph, you know, that uh, the the big she splash. And that I've would seen be... her give interviews that she's just not that like she's not that charismatic. She yeah. doesn't have that. 
Um, in my opinion, though, she's still better than Kamala Harris and Stacey Abrams. If you're if you're right, going right. from that now, short list of people that are out there. Now, and it really depends on what Joe Biden is going for. If he's trying to get some of those moderates and like the working class Democrats in places like Michigan and Pennsylvania, Klobuchar is the right choice for that. Yeah. But yeah. Klobuchar has a couple problems. The first being that she's white and all this other stuff is going on. And the second being that she um, is her name is now coming up because the police officer, um, the police officer who um, is they're yeah, looking up at there, charges for yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, which we're going to discuss. She with... passed on charging him for something else. Right, right. We're going to. We're going to have to wrap this yeah. up, Virginia, but I'm going to continue this conversation with uh, uh, with Keith Antone when we get back. I appreciate your time today. Uh, Virginia Kruder sure. from The Daily Caller, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon, my friend. All right. Sounds good. You bet. All right. We got to take a quick break. When we get back, America's favorite liberal, Keith Antone, always an entertaining debate with Keith. Don't miss it. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Said I do. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I'm zinging in a tree, sleeves swinging in the breeze. I'm looking at the blue sky, smelling it so sweet. My pretty little angel, my pretty little queen. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Frank Ladd. My co-host, Chris Arps, is actually taking a little bit of vacation, so he is not with us currently. However, he will be calling in to the show in the next hour. Uh, coming up in just the next segment, he's going to be calling in from his vacation because he and I are going to have the opportunity to talk to the former acting attorney general of the United States. States, Matthew Whitaker. He's going to be joining us in the next segment, so uh, definitely keep it here for that. And as I mentioned at the end of that last segment, joining us now is the man that I call America's favorite liberal because he is America's favorite liberal. Keith Antone joins us on the show again. Keith, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, buddy. Doing well. Good. Uh, it's a weekend in St. Louis and uh Hey, I'm just enjoying life. Huh? What can I say? Good. That's that's good. Uh, you know, the weather's turning around. Hopefully, we are starting to turn the corner from the coronavirus pandemic, and uh, that is all good news. Uh, one thing that is not uh, good news, and 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 a very heartbreaking thing to watch, and I want to dive right into this because we have limited time with Keith, and I I want to take advantage of of every minute that we have. Uh, the situation up in Minneapolis, what is happening in that city, um, 
it uh, for me and I'm sure for you and many others in St. Louis, it brings back memories of Ferguson and the terrible uh, tragedy that we saw uh, happen here in our own community. Um, I, I, I'll give you my quick thoughts and then I and then I want to I want your reaction to that and I want to hear what what you think. Um, I I honestly believe, and maybe I'm being Pollyannish, and and you know maybe I you know am just trying to be overly optimistic. I truly believe that the FBI and the investigation up there and the evidence that we have that this that this police officer and we record this show early a, a couple earlier than you hear it. So forgive me if you know if there's it's kind of hard sometimes for us to talk about these breaking news stories. Because we're about a day behind when we record this show, so sometimes, you know, things have already changed. So maybe there's already a development in this story. Um, but I truly believe that they are on track to arrest this this police officer, and he will be held accountable for his actions, which I believe he needs to be. I, I believe that he needs to be arrested and held accountable for the killing of uh, of this man in, in Minneapolis. And and with that belief, I wish that before we burn down buildings and we loot businesses and we destroy the community, we, that we would just give justice a little bit of time to work. Um, so that's where I'm at. I think he is going to be held accountable. I think that justice will be served in this situation. And since I believe that, it breaks my heart even more to see what they what is happening to that community right now. I'd love to get your thoughts, Keith. Well, Tony, uh, thank you for, for asking. I've had a lot of time to kind of think about this. And, and, and let me quote the late Dr. Martin Luther King, who once said that a riot is the language of the unheard. You have three sets of people up there. You have what I call the peaceful protesters who are mourning the deaths of loved ones and friends. I myself have experienced a friend being killed by a police officer. I know of many. This is this is not one incident. Let me let me let me just be clear. This is just not one incident in Minneapolis. This is over a hundred years of African American males being the target of of, of, of people like in the Trayvon Martin case um, uh, where you had a citizen or police brutality or even black-on-black crime. As the father of two black sons and, 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 and nephews, and I have three or four nephews and cousins, and I'm an African-American male, I know that there is the real fear that i got to have a talk with my sons about how to interact with the police just last week. My son coming from Mizzou, a college student, CBC graduate on the Mizzou football team, had a horrible uh, uh, encounter with a police officer that I thank God that he's still with us. And it was all over a speeding ticket. But I say that to say that we have lived with this for over 100 years. And, and, And I am not condoning the rioting. And I think when King was talking about the rioting, I think he was talking about coming to the streets and being heard. Mm-hmm. People are hurt. And, 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 and let me just say that those, those, those opportunists, those arsonists, those people that, 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 are, that are taking advantage of the situation, 
and they did it here in Ferguson with the looting and the. Yeah. That's not the group of people that I'm talking about. The yeah. hell with those criminals. They ought to be arrested and put in jail. I'm talking about the people who are law-abiding Americans who are paying their taxes, who has said enough is enough is enough is enough. Mm-hmm. It is always 98% of the time that there's a life lost by a white police officer. It is an African-American at the other end. And so all we're saying is that this is a buildup. And I think people, you know, what my grandmother used to say with people that use curse words is because, baby, they didn't have any other word to use. I think what these other people are doing when, they, when, they, when they're rioting like this, like this Tony, 90% of those people are, are opportunists mm. and just took advantage of, some, of the situation in a group thing. And, and, and they're not, you know, they should be, they should be in jail and, 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 and have to pay restitution for, for, for all of the damage that they've done. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. And I also agree with you completely about the right to protest. And I understand the protests. And I think that the protests are are justified. But the looting and the and the and the arson is is not that I think is a step too far. I also we don't have time to get into this. I'm not sure about the 90 percent of when a life is lost by a police officer, but I don't have the stats in front of me. And or nor the time to debate you on that I'll point. But, Tony, yeah. I'll get them for you because you're my friend. I'll get them for you. Please I'm do. Telling you, I'm telling you that at the, it, it's between 90 and 95 percent of the time that in a police brutality and the police has to use their weapon, an African-American is usually on the other end. And 90% of those are usually African-American males. I'll get you the stats. And I and if I could, let me just say this. Sure. I don't think that police officer woke up that morning and said, I'm going to kill an African-American male. I think what happened in the heat of the moment, that I, I, I said this to my wife and my daughter just the other day, that I think what has happened is that his years, okay, wasn't a, 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 his years of hatred and treating, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see him do a dog like that. His years of hatred of black people and not respecting black lives happened in that moment. And he heard the guy, we all seen the tape, saying I couldn't breathe. Officer, he was very respectful. You know, uh, you know, he, he, his years of hatred, not his training, took over in that moment. And that's why we have this situation. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to argue with one bit of that because I believe that what we all saw on that tape was a, a police officer taking a, a person's life unjustly. And I still believe and hope that uh, justice is is done in in that case. Uh, only about a, a minute to go, Keith. Uh, just really quickly wanted to touch on this other uh, issue with you, uh, uh, with Joe Biden and his vice presidential pick. There's a lot of people in the uh, black Democratic community speaking out and saying that, uh, that uh, Vice President Biden owes them a woman of color to be selected as his vice president. Uh, real quick, your thoughts on that. Does, does the vice president owe the black community uh, a, vice, a vice president female of color? 
No, absolutely not. It'll be a nail in his coffin if he does. If I was advising him, hmm. if I was on his senior management team, I'd tell him run for the hills. Hell no, he doesn't owe the, anybody anything. He stuck his foot in his mouth when he said that. He should have just, you know, he's been he's he's had a few mis- miscues. I think that he's going to have to get in today's climate and this incident in Minneapolis just uh, proved it further. And this incident in New York in Central Park where the African American man filmed the. The white woman saying, I'm going to scream and say it was an African-American man hurting yeah. me and my dog. Ugh. We don't need that. We don't. America's not ready for a black woman president. And that's what you would be if he died in office. Uh, he, you're only a heartbeat away. I'm saying get your young. Uh, it, it could be a fe- white female or young, 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 young white male. Mm. I'm saying as an African-American, he doesn't owe us anything. And, 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 and I'm saying that'll be the nail. We, we'll hand Trump four more years. If he picks an African-American woman, period. Keith Antone, thank you so much for your time, my friend. We'll talk to you again real soon. All right. Bye-bye. Don't go anywhere. When we get back, Chris Arps and I will be talking to the former Attorney General of the United States, Matthew Whitaker, on The Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. It is our number two of the Weekend Report on your radio, and thank you so much for tuning in. If you missed anything in that first hour, don't forget about our podcast, which is available just about anywhere you get podcasts, but the Radio.com app, I think, is the best place to get our podcast. We talked to Keith Antone and Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller in that first hour. And uh, coming up this hour, we're going to play a brand new edition of the Weird News Challenge with our buddy Skip Weber. And right now, as I mentioned earlier, not only is my co-host, Chris Arps, uh, (laughs) dialing in. Uh, as he has been, as we mentioned, he is vacationing right now, but he is dialing in to join us for most of the rest of the show. Chris, are you? Can you hear us? 
I'm doing great. I can hear you. And I wouldn't miss this interview with the former attorney general for nothing. No, I amen to that. And as I mentioned also in that last segment, uh, very excited to have this exclusive discussion right now with the former acting U.S. Attorney General Matthew Whitaker joins us on the line. Mr. Attorney General, can you hear us, sir? I can hear you fine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. It is uh, uh, great to have you as well. Before we get started, uh, Chris tells me that you are friends with one of our uh, regulars on this show, Karen Fessler from Iowa, who is our go-to, especially in an election year like this year with the Iowa caucuses and everything. Uh, Karen is a a regular on the show, so uh, we appreciate you joining us as well. I love Karen. I've known her for many, many years, and uh, you know she lives in one of my favorite places on earth, other than St. Louis, which is uh, Johnson <laughs> County, Iowa, home of the uh, University of Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Coralville. <laughs> so, uh, so there's so many stories that I that we can uh, that we can talk to you about, uh, Mr. Attorney General. But um, uh, the first thing I want to do is just get your thoughts overall as we are in this election year um, uh, from just a broad standpoint. And we'll, we'll dig into some of the issues as as we go forward in the discussion. But right now, just how do you size up the, the current situation um, as we as we get closer and closer to this election with Donald Trump and uh, and and Joe Biden? How do you how do you feel like the, the election is shaping up at this point? Well, you know, it's interesting, and I think that uh, what I would say is now till November is probably at least four political lifetimes. And so, you know, the news of the day, we have so much, you know, you have what's going on in Minneapolis is dominating today's news cycle. You know, obviously, we're going to have hearings in the Senate Judiciary Committee that's going to refocus on the Mueller investigation and the Russian collusion fable. I think you're going to have uh, Durham come with his report. Um which I think a lot of people are waiting for. And then I also think, you know, fundamentally and, 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 and really, the, you know, kind of the way I see uh, this is it's going to be come down to a question about who can rebuild the economy. And I think, you know, there is no doubt in my mind that, uh, you know, he's done it once and he'll do it again, and that's the president. Go ahead, Chris. You know, Mr. Attorney General, uh, Robert Mueller had an impeccable record as FBI director and as a public servant there in Washington but he had an, a disastrous appearance before the Congress uh, detailing his report. And there were a lot of uh, speculation that he wasn't really in charge uh, of the investigation. Can you shed some light on that? Yeah, I think what, what, what you saw and what your listeners saw uh, during his hearing was what we all saw, which was someone that did not have a grasp of the investigation, did not have a grasp on the origins of the investigation, kind of what had what happened. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that uh, that really undermined a lot of the work that he and his team did. But, you know, if you if you think about I think there were a couple key points and I, and I outline a lot of this in my new book above the law. And that is, is that he had a duty, I think, to build a team that was above reproach, because, I mean, again, his his record was stellar as FBI director. I think a lot of people, you know, he was a former U.S. attorney in a couple different places and had a long tenure at the Department of Justice. So I think there are a lot of people that believed, you know, he would be, be fair and impartial and really do the right thing for the right reason, which is the, you know, the best traditions of the Department of Justice. 
And what, you know, what we saw the Mueller team is we saw a guy like Andrew Weissman, who not only, um, you know, had he had, you know, challenges in his past and made, you know, uh, partisan actions, including going to Hillary Clinton's, uh, you know, non-celebration celebration party in, in 2016 election. But now he's headlining a Joe Biden fundraiser. So and he was one of the key lieutenants to Bob Mueller's uh, investigation. And so I think that, you know, Mueller uh, let a lot of us down with his, uh, you know, building his team that was not sensitive to some of these partisan uh, challenges. And I also think that the report uh, was, you know, ultimately uh, not fair as it related to especially part two in the idea that of an attempted obstruction of justice. This is one of the motivations for me to write this book, in all honesty, was the fact that I felt that what I was told the report would be uh, is not what it was. I was told that the attempted obstruction of justice was not a valid legal theory, yet they spent half the report talking about that. So that's uh, those are my thoughts on uh, uh uh, Director Mueller. So we're talking to former acting U.S. Attorney General Matthew Whitaker, and along with Robert Mueller, Mr. Attorney General, you you know part of that uh, Mueller report also dealt with the Michael Flynn situation, and you could probably provide more insight on that situation than just about anybody in the United States. And of course, that story was back in the news here recently. Um, can you just give us some your thoughts? and insight on what happened with General Flynn and how it ultimately, you know, it, you know, it was this this horrible, uh, reported as this this horrible crime that was committed uh, that has now just been, uh, com- he's been completely exonerated, essentially. So just give us your thoughts yeah. on, on Michael Flynn. Well, I think, I think what Michael Flynn suffered uh, was a complete and utter injustice. Um, every American, whether you're for the president or against the president should celebrate uh, the resolution of his case as a dismissal, uh, being a dismissal with pre- prejudice. And why I say that is because, you you know, you're not for the prosecution of General Flynn or against the prosecution. We're all for justice and we're all for the rule of law. And when the attorney general says that this case was not properly predicated, they had no basis to interview General Flynn. They did not follow regular order. They didn't do it by the book. And ultimately, anything he said was not material to any, um, you know, uh, ongoing investigation. Uh, all Americans should celebrate the dismissal. This judge, what he's doing to Mr. Flynn, General Flynn, is is equally uh, complete injustice. I've never seen somebody treated so unfairly as I have General Flynn. And, you know, the fact that they tried to entrap him by just making any false statement, whether or not it was material, and then, you know, kind of force him to plead based on, you know, what we understand to be these threats they made. None of this, I had I had no visibility into this uh, when I was acting attorney general and supervising the investigation because obviously the Mueller team wasn't going to tell me about these uh, irregularities or, or what happened. And so, you know, I'm glad to see this resolution. General Barr is absolutely right. This is what justice demands. And, uh, you know, I, I, I fully expect that the Court of Appeals in District of Columbia is going to order Judge Sullivan to do the right thing and dismiss this case as soon as possible. Talking to Matthew Whitaker, the former acting United States Attorney General. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, unless you are a complete political news junkie, you would have no idea, because you're not going to hear it from the media, that there is an investigation going on now by John Durham, who's the uh, U.S. attorney in Connecticut. Can you shed some light on exactly what uh, Mr. Durham is investigating, sir? 
So uh, General Durham was looking at the origins of the Russian collusion uh, fable investigation, what ultimately became, you know, it started off as Crossfire Hurricane, a counterintelligence investigation into the, any connections between the Russian government and the Trump campaign or individuals on the Trump campaign. It never yielded any evidence. It went on for, for way too long. People got caught up in it, including General Flynn, what you're just talking about. Uh, matters that were not relevant to uh, that relationship. You know, the prosecution of Paul Manafort was completely really unrelated to this idea of Russian collusion. And so, you know, it it really became uh, bigger than it should have. It it was handled uh, not in accordance with regular order at the Department of Justice. And I think, you know, General Barr put John Durham in charge of investigation uh, to see if there was any criminality along the way. And it's not just limited to the Department of Justice, which is kind of, you know, my book is about the Department mm-hmm. of Justice at, at that time. But it's more looking at the intelligence community, the international intelligence community, how they all conspired to create this. And I think, you know, we are led to believe, based on what General Barr just said in the last couple of weeks, that there are targets of the investigation. It hasn't de- de- it, the investigation has developed. Um, uh, 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 evidence of crimes being committed. And so I think a lot of people, wherever I go, are ask me about when is somebody going to be held accountable for what happened. And I think this is exactly the time based, you know, John Durham, if anybody can be held accountable, he will hold them accountable. You mentioned the book. It's called Above the Law, and it is available now for pre-order just about anywhere that you get books. So you can go and you can get that book now. And the subtitle, The Inside Story of How the Justice Department Tried to Subvert President Trump. Um, Could you explain that subtitle a little bit and what the inspiration behind writing the book was? Yeah, the inspiration was to not only tell my story, uh, about my second tour at the Department of Justice. I've been a U.S. attorney in the Southern District of Iowa for five and a half years in the Bush administration. I went back to be chief of staff for Jeff Sessions and ultimately became acting attorney general. Uh, but I wanted to give a historically accurate account of that period of time, uh, the two years, the first two years of the Trump administration and what happened at the Department of Justice and how we need to make sure it never happens again. Uh, you, know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a book that I think is going to stand the test of time. Not only uh, did, you know, did I put a lot of effort into it, but it's referenced. Almost every statement I make is referenced uh, with a link to the, the source document. So it's, I think it's one of those things that, that people that read it will not only get a further, uh, better appreciation for what happened, but I think that there's many um, uh, episodes that I describe and I link together to tell a, a fuller and more fulsome story that I don't think anybody has done to, at this up to this point. No, absolutely. I can't wait to, the, to see the stories, the inside stories that this book uh, will reveal. We're talking to the former acting United States Attorney General Matthew Whitaker. Got a few minutes left. Chris, go ahead. Yep. Mr. Attorney General, as an African-American, I have to ask you about the situation in Minnesota with uh, George Floyd. Um is it the proper role for the Justice Department to be involved in this at this time, or should the local investigation play out uh, a little more? Yeah, well, first of all, the video is absolutely heartbreaking and senseless. And, you know, I just, like every American, I think, you know, my heart goes out to his, his family. I think the whole country is praying for his family and friends. And and I just, you know, this is, this is not, and I've heard many experts, and in, including 
you know, folks from DOJ saying that this is just not the way policing is done. This is not you know, consistent with training or protocol. Uh, the Department of Justice does have a role, especially in the civil rights arena. Um, you know, they will they will work hand in glove with the local prosecutors and the local investigators. Uh, the FBI will conduct an investigation. And then there will be a discussion uh, as to the best place to bring justice. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, we, we have to remember that uh, so, so many uh, members of law enforcement every day, uh, you know, put their lives on the line to protect us and, to, and they do the right thing for the right reason. And so, you know, this is uh, these, these officers clearly did not follow uh, protocols, procedures, training. And, you know, and again, I think, you know, we should, we, we should expect justice be done in this case. We should also expect uh, the lesson to be learned. And we should also expect that if, you know, however justice can be done, that, you know, the, the United States Department of Justice will be there uh, wearing the white hat and making sure that, uh, you know, sort of victims of crimes are always um, defended and supported. Unfortunately, we are almost out of time with the former acting U.S. Attorney General Matthew Whitaker. Uh, before we let you go, uh, Mr. Attorney General, can you give us some insight? There are some people, there are many people out there that uh, that support this president but are still very aggravated with uh, or disappointed by some of his tweets and some of his behaviors. Can you just give us some insight on what the president is like on a personal level? Because I think a lot of Americans think that they know what the president is like in person, but probably would be surprised at what he what he is like. Could you just give us a little insight on, on what it's like working so closely with yeah. President Trump? I think sometimes, you know, I, w- I would my first answer would be it's kind of what you see is what you get. I think he is very transparent. I know, you know, sort of I think him at his rallies is to some extent what he's like. Uh, but at the same time, I think, you know, there is, he is a very thoughtful and caring person. He does, you know, he is not, um, you know, everyone paints him to be this self-absorbed, uh, you know, sort of uh, only self-interested person. That is actually not what he's like. He has a lot of um, his capacity. I think one of the things that people don't appreciate is his capacity for knowledge and the amount that he reads uh, on an, on a daily basis. I mean, I, I see him devour not only, uh, you know, kind of newspapers and news of the day, but I also see him, you know, kind of engaged and, you know, paying attention uh, to, you know, kind of his briefing papers and just how quickly he could grasp, um, you know, ideas and concepts and, and, and then make a decision. So I think that's, uh, you know, that's what I would say. That is the former acting United States Attorney General Matthew Whitaker. The book is called Above the Law, the inside story of how the Justice Department tried to subvert President Trump. You can pre-order that book right now. And I hope you're able to come back after the book is out and continue this discussion with us, Mr. Attorney General. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. I look forward to it. Yeah, you bet. All right. We have got to take a quick break. But when we get back, we'll play a new edition of the Weird News Challenge. Only on the weekend report, Chris, can you go from the former acting United States Attorney General to something called the Weird News Challenge? Only on the wor- only on the weekend report. <laughs> only. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to 97.1 FM.
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. If you lose me, you lose everything. She said, if you Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Frank Ladd. Big thank you once again to the former acting United States Attorney General Matthew Whitaker, who joined us in that last segment. Very insightful discussion with the former AG. If you missed it, make sure you check out our podcast. Or if you're listening on the Radio.com app, you can just simply rewind live radio. Uh, you can get our podcast just about anywhere you get podcasts, but that Radio.com app really is the best place to do so. It's free, and once you have the Radio.com app, you favorite 97.1 FM talk, and then you have access to everything. You can stream the station 24-7, you can rewind live radio, and you can download the podcast of this and every other show on the station. Uh, and again, it's all free on the Radio.com app. So Chris Arps is continuing to join us from his very rainy vacation and uh, also on the line with us now is skip weber of course from weber chevrolet skip can you hear me i can hear you all right great i think you and frank have the advantage over chris because i think his his connection is deteriorating so (laughs) we'll see how long he's actually in this game it is time for another edition of the weird news challenge this is episode 81 last week and skips um uh skip that it was it was breaking news last week you got called away last second on some business and luckily i was just able to poke my head outside the studio here and find Katie Fitzpatrick the former producer of the show of course from the Annie Fry show and she played her first weird news challenge in probably 2 years um and the, and Frank did not, and, and the new producer did not take it easy on the old producer. Frank won the game in a landslide last week over Katie and uh, Chris Arps. But it was nice to have uh, Katie Fitzpatrick back on the show. But Frank uh, got his second ever victory in uh, the the uh, Weird News Challenge. So that was episode. And no Katie Fitzpatrick rule. And no, no, it was. We put it in effect. Oh, it was. It yeah, was. we because right. she was in the room. You have to put the Katie Fitzpatrick uh, <laughs> rule in effect when she's in the room. So that was last week. That was episode 80. This is episode 81 of the Weird News Challenge. If this is your first time, uh, this is going to be trivia questions about recent news stories. This week we have six questions. The sixth question has five possible points. We have a tiebreaker if we need it. And then at the very end of the game, we have what we call the QMD, the question of mass destruction, which no matter what the score is at that point, no matter who has technically won the game at that point, it can be stolen and won automatically if if the, if somebody can buzz in and and correctly get the question of mass destruction. So here we go. Before we start, we got to test our buzzers. Chris Arps, 
Mm-hmm. Skip Weber. Ding, 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 ding. And Frank Ladd. Frank. All right, there we go. Here we go. Everybody ready? Let's do it. All right. Fra- uh, this is the uh, Week of Report Weird News Challenge, episode 81, question number one. This week, of course, started with Memorial Day. Within five, what year was Memorial Day made a national holiday? A lot of patriots here on the Weekend <laughs> Report. Frank. Ding, 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 Frank. Ding, ding, ding. Frank is in. 1863. That is incorrect. Oh. Incorrect. I actually, I actually buzzed in before Frank. No one's hearing me. Yeah, well, uh, you want to buzz in again because he got it wrong. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna... Go ahead, Chris. 1925. No. 1925. Skip, you want to give it a shot? I'm going to say 1949. 1971. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Is that unbelievable? 1971 is when Memorial Day was made a national holiday. That's incredible. I, got some oh. u- I have some useless trivia for you. Okay. What is it? May 30th, May 30th, which is my birthday, which is today. You guys didn't wish me happy birthday. But May 30th was <laughs> the original Chris, Memorial Chris. Day before they put all holidays on Monday. Huh. Chris, I wish you a happy birthday. You just didn't hear me with Thank your connection. You. Right. I, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, no, I said it in the last segment. You must have not heard it. Oh. I did. I wasn't listening. <laughs> I'm on vacation. <laughs> uh, question number two. Before it was called Memorial Day, what was the day called? Frank. Frank. Remembrance Day? That is incorrect. Oh. <clears throat> Before it was called Memorial Day, what was it called? Ding, 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 ding. Skip Weber. Fallen Heroes Day. No. Incorrect. Chris Arps? I don't I'm not going to do it. I have no idea. It Mother's was, Day. It was called Decoration Day. <laughs> ah, Decoration yeah. Day. Decoration. Yeah. I would have yeah. never gotten it. Mm-hmm. I've heard that before. It just didn't click. All right. I uh, thankfully, there are no more Memorial Day questions. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Question number three. This past Thursday was National Burger Day. According to a recent survey... What is the most popular way Americans have their burgers cooked? Frank. Yes. Medium well. Incorrect. Mm. Ding, 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 ding. Skip Weber. I will say medium. Incorrect. Wow. Yeah, Chris. Hell, well done. Well done is the answer. And the all and right. the and the grossest like way. They're all wrong. Yeah, they're Everybody's all wrong. Everybody's wrong. That's the grossest <laughs> way to have your burger. Yeah, that's called being burnt. Uh, exactly. Uh, These exactly. are terrible questions. I, well, I know they are, but uh, well done. We got to deal. <laughs> getting sick. Got to deal with them. All right. Question number four. Again, Put an egg on it. Again, there are six questions, and the sixth question has five possible points. This is question number four. Chris Arps is the only person so far on the board with a point. Question number yeah. four. The band Journey made news this week when they announced the return of what famous bass player to the Frank. band? Yes. Randy Jackson. That is correct. Randy Jackson is Randy. back in Journey. Now, how, now, how's a black guy supposed to know that? What? That's a biased question. He's black. Because he's a black <laughs> bass player, Chris. You should have been all over that. And, yeah, and he was on that TV way. show. Yeah, Randy Jackson's black. 
I, I know that, but Journey's not a black group. I know they are. That's a that's a culturally biased question. Oh, is it? I mean, we gotta go to the judges on that one. Wait a minute. A culturally biased question about a black guy? <laughs> that, was, that was culturally biased. About a black man. <laughs> about a black guy. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, okay. we'll check. We'll, I'll, we'll, I'll, I'll take the point the though. Yeah, I'll take that up with the. Uh, I'll take that up with uh, the judges later. Question number five. The Lake of the Ozarks was in the news this week. Completed in 1931. What is the name of the dam that Frank. created... <laughs> Frank. Bagnell Dam. That is correct. The Bagnell Dam created the Lake of the Ozarks. I was actually before Frank, but I'm not going to protest. Okay. You've already protested. All right, here we go. Question number six. Again, five possible points on the line. <laughs> If the first person buzzes in, you guys know how it works. You buzz in, and somebody gets it, but they don't get all of them. Another person can buzz in and pick up the uh, rest of the points. Here we go. Frank has two points. Chris has one point. Skip is just laying in wait and uh, <laughs> uh, counting on the QMD at this point. Five possible points on the line. Question number six. Back to National Burger Day. What are the top five toppings? Frank. People- yes, Frank. Uh, cheese. Cheese is number one. Pickles. No, no pickles. (laughs) Skip. I will go with uh, uh, mustard. No, no mustard. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I agree with you on pickles and mustard, but no. (laughs) All right, Chris, you got to get two of the four to force a tiebreaker with Frank. Three to win for now at least. All right, all right. I'm going to need more time to think. Can you repeat the question? (laughs) I will repeat the question one time, and then that's it. Back to National Burger Day. What are the top five toppings people put on their burgers? Frank already said cheese, which was the number one answer. There's four left. Okay. Lettuce? Lettuce is number three. Ketchup? Ketchup is number two. You have tied, Frank. All right. I need one more. You need one more. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say mayonnaise. That is incorrect. We're going to need the tiebreaker. Uh, we're gonna need the tiebreaker, and so what are they? skip. Sit tomato the, and onion. Is the other tomato two, and onion? tomato and onion, were the uh, other two. Skip uh, over pickles. How That's... stupid am I? I had all those, but I thought mustard was one of them. So if I hadn't led with mustard, I'd have four points. <laughs> yes, right you now. would. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. Uh, so okay, skip. Wait for the QMD. This is only between okay. Frank and Chris. The tiebreaker, guys. Uh, according to at least one survey, two thirds of Americans say they don't get enough sleep. What percentage? Of Americans say they are tired by noon. What percentage of Americans say they're tired by noon? Uh, Frank, you won last week, so you have to go first. What 47. Okay. Chris, what percentage of Americans I'm going to go with t- uh, 60. It is 42%. Ah! Frank Ladd has won this week's Weird News Challenge for now. Time for the QMD to see if somebody can steal the game from him. Back to the Lake of the Ozarks for this one. Famously, the lake has more miles of shoreline than even the state of California. Within 100, how many miles of shoreline is there at the Lake of the Ozarks? Frank. Yes, Frank. 1,900. 1,900 is incorrect. Yes, Skip. I should know that. 1,600. That is incorrect. Chris, you want to try to steal? 1,200. Oh. Yes, 1,200. 
Chris Arps has Hello? just stolen Whoa! the game. Yes. Has just stolen the game. Oh my god, I got it. Yes. There is 1150. Ah. 1150. Good job, Chris. 1150. Uh, stolen. You have stolen the game in the QMD. There is 1150 miles of shoreline at the Lake of the Ozarks. Chris Arps has stolen the game yes. from Frank. Woo! Yes. <laughs> on the road. Yes. Stole the game on the road. With, on the with road. From vacation. He's Bravo. on vacation and he still wins the game. Skip. Oh, boy. Skip, makes, what is happening? That made my birthday. Yeah, absolutely. Happy birthday. That's why everybody, they let you win, I think, because it was your birthday. <laughs> I know they did. They let me win. <laughs> Skip, what's happening at Weber Chevrolet? Well, um, everybody knows that this is the last day, business day of, of May. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's the 31st, uh, Monday's June 1st. However, because it the month ends on a weekend, Monday is still May for us at Weber yes. Chevrolet. Uh-huh. Yes. So all of this great stuff that's been going on with the COVID stimulus and everything else lasts today, which is you don't have hardly any time left, but also Monday. I'm telling you. This week has been amazing because of the makeup we've had with uh, being off on Monday and, and all the different tools we've been given with COVID all this, and all the stimulus from, from uh, Detroit. Get to my website, please. If you're thinking, and Tony, you well know, personal friend of yours, did the, yes. the exact same thing. Yeah. And yep. so uh, thrilled to death, bought from one of our locations. I'm just telling you, it's really, really a good time to check it out. So please, please, please do not – I'm not saying if you don't need a car that you have to get a car, but if you're even thinking about it, let me let me convince you. Go to my website, Skip, please, WeberChevrolet.com. Skip, do you guys have you guys noticed that from the customers that are coming in and buying right now? Obviously, they're they're probably motivated by these great incentives that are happening right now. But by and large, are people ready to get? Like, are they excited that you guys are open back up because they're ready to get back to normal? They're they're appreciative that they are shopping for cars like. You know, life is getting back to normal. Do you do you do you feel that so, motivation? I'm, I'm going to answer that a little bit longer than what you're expecting. But in the first couple of weeks of this, so the last part of March, maybe the first week of April, we delivered about half of our vehicles uh, away from the store. Okay, mm-hmm. the last, the last, and, and so many of those were uh, were emergency only. A few of them were taking advantage of the, of the deals, but so many of them are, I need a car. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing this. Now we're delivering, which was still available all day long. We would do it for you, but nobody is being delivered apart from the store and everybody, I don't mean every single one, but is saying, thanks for being open. Mm. Thanks for being out there. Thanks for doing it. I mean, our customers are saying, they're, yeah. they're expressing their appreciation. Action. Yeah, yeah. Well, also by action, they're they don't they're not worried about being right. out there. Right. And so it's amazing, and that's and that's what I, a lot of people times people say. You know, they wonder if I have a weird form uh, formed uh, opinion on this. My opinion is formed by my pe- by the people we deal with. Yeah. You know that that's that's here. Democrats, Republicans, every job. Uh, uh, you know, every type of job, every type of income class, every type of race, color, creed, religion, we got them all. Yeah. And if they all are doing the same thing right now, 
that should tell you something. Yeah, exactly. It it, it should tell you something about uh, the yeah. the ad, the attitude of, of of many people out there. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Don't forget about the Saturday evening rock show tonight and every Saturday night from nine to eleven. The number one music show on a talk station in the world, hosted by Skip Weber. And another great way to keep up with what's happening on that show is by following the Saturday evening rock show on Facebook. Uh, Chris, thanks for dialing in. Skip, always great to talk with you, my friend. And uh, we'll talk to both of you next week. Yeah. All right, we have got to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Frank Ladd. And as I mentioned in that last segment, joining us now on the phone, one of the great sponsors of this show, uh, Brian Eggers from Eggers HVAC. Brian, uh, thanks for your time today. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. How about you? I, I can't complain. Um, I wanted to spend the moments that we have left on the show today uh, talking to you and maybe also giving some advice to folks out there as we finally, it finally seems like the warm weather is here. It's it's June, practically, and we haven't had warm weather until like this week. And so I think people, I think... You know, it should have been here already, but now that it's here, everybody's surprised by it because it's been so long, and that means people are going to be running their air conditioners more than usual. Uh, in your in your business, what what is happening this time of year? Is this is this a, a time that a lot of people will be finding um, maybe some issues with their older systems that they didn't know were there because they're running the air conditioners harder than they have in several months? Um, uh, what what do people what should people be looking for right now? Yeah, I mean it's definitely uh, because of how cool it's been, and all of a sudden it warmed up. You know, our call volume uh, has peaked, and you know, I think normally we kind of ease in where it's you know a day here, a day there. Right. We really didn't have much of that this year, so uh, we're finding that everybody is kind of simultaneously turning on their air conditioners and. Many of those folks are finding out for one reason or the other that uh, things aren't working as planned. So uh, a lot of it is maintenance issues. Um, We've had customers call this last week, and uh, it was quite literally just needing a filter and needing Mm. service on their air conditioner. It's always the filter, isn't it? It it is always the filter. (laughs) (laughs) I had the same issue happen to me, thankfully not in my home, but in my truck uh, this week. I turned on a little, you know, about a week ago, I turned on the air conditioner for the first time in months in my truck, and it just blew hot air. There was no cold air coming out. And as much as that sucked in my truck, that really sucks if it's happening at your house. For sure, and especially for folks who, uh, you know, are staged at home and haven't been able to go back to work or they're working 
from home now, and uh, yeah. it's certainly impacting people's lives. And, you know, between the COVID-19 quarantine and the cooler weather, you know, I guess it's people have kind of caught a break from the cooler weather, but now that uh, it seems that the cooler weather is behind us, uh, it's definitely catching off guard. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people we talk about reopening and you know, restaurants are opening back up and we're slowly starting to get back to normal, but obviously coronavirus is still a big worry for a lot of people and I know you guys there at Eggers have taken taken that into account uh, to the nth degree. Uh, if somebody is a little nervous about having a service technician come into their home um, because, and because they think that maybe something's wrong with the air conditioner, but they don't want a stranger coming in because of coronavirus, uh, you guys have, have addressed that big time. Can you tell people about the, the precautions that you guys are taking when you, when you do go into someone's home? Sure. I mean, obviously, we're following the social distancing guidelines set forth by uh, CDC and World Health Organization, but, you know, we're also wearing uh, shoe protectors, which is standard for us anyway. Um, Our employees wear masks. We talk on a daily basis as to how everyone's feeling. Um, Obviously, if somebody wasn't feeling well, we wouldn't be uh, dispatching them. And then, you know, we always ask our customers when they book an appointment and when they get automated text messages, you know, if you're not feeling well, if you're running a fever, if there's anything out of the ordinary with your health, please call us and reschedule because uh, we just will not go into somebody's house if they're ill. And uh, and we're doing that to protect our employees, but also to protect other customers because we don't want to be a vehicle uh, to transmit illness from one house to another. And talk about the mobile showroom a little bit. This, to me, is what really is one of the big things that sets Eggers apart from anyone else is the ability to uh, not have to even leave your house if you are looking to put in a new system. And you obviously that's a big investment and a big deal, and there's a whole lot that goes into that. There's lots of options uh, to consider, lots of different price ranges to consider, and it can be kind of overwhelming. And you make that process about as simple as you can, uh, and the mobile showroom has a lot to do with that. Tell people uh, about that process. So the mobile showroom was designed and put together in an effort to educate consumers. It's not a sales tool as much as it is an education tool because, you know, homeowners quite literally only look at replacing their equipment once every 10 to 15 years. The technology changes so much over that course of time that it's not like it used to be where you can just say, hey, I want to furnace an air conditioner. There is so many choices on the market that we decided to put together this mobile showroom truck which does have hospital-grade air filtration on board. It also has, uh, believe it or not, we've installed hand sanitizers on the wall. So not, <laughs> nice, only, nice. not only do we keep our own hands clean, but uh, we encourage the folks that come on board and take a look, uh, you know, to just get, get a quick squirt there of uh, alcohol-based hand sanitizer. But we wipe the truck down, but uh, we do have air purifiers that keep um, viruses and bacteria from being able to survive the truck. So... Uh, it's a great tool. We get constant feedback from the customers that have been aboard that, boy, this really is a game changer. It's opened our eyes as to, you know, what the uh, options are. And being able to hear 
the equipment run and yeah. interface with the thermostat yeah. gives people a lot more comfort uh, other than just spending many thousands of dollars uh, on a hope and a promise. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. It gives, it, it gives you peace of mind uh, more than anything that you uh, know you're getting the right system for you and your home when you get the opportunity to hear the system kick on and you get an opportunity to operate the thermostat and you know you 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 know that this is exactly uh the right fit for you not only from a budget standpoint but from a technology standpoint that you completely understand um what what's going into your home uh brian before we let you go if people do want to book an appointment and want the mobile showroom to come to their house or they just need to uh book some service you know, they need to get somebody out to take a look at their uh at their air conditioner what's the best way to get information and uh contact agers hvac well, the extroverts can dial us at 636-681-1976, and the introverts can find us online at callagers.com, and uh, there you can actually do a submission form, and we will call you promptly, or if you prefer, we'll interface with you electronically. Great stuff. And uh, the next time we talk, I will uh, have personal experience with the mobile showroom. Uh, we'll tell you that story uh, in the coming weeks because we've got uh, a project that we're working on uh, in my family right now. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that uh, also myself. Brian Agers, thank you so much for uh, joining us today and everything you do for the show. Call Agers.com to learn more about Agers HVAC. And we'll talk to you again real soon, my friend. All right, thanks. Have a great weekend. You bet. All right, that is going to do it for this week's edition of the Weekend Report. If you missed anything, it was a packed show with uh, former United States Attorney General Matthew Whitaker and Virginia Cruda and Keith Antone and the Weird News Challenge, all of it. Uh, if you missed it, make sure you download our podcast. Radio.com app, I think, is the best place to do that at and uh for my producer, Frank Ladd, and my co-host, Chris Harps, I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.